0: Well, it's a song of uh, David, and David was a person who understood the promises of God. You will remember that David was a shepherd and was in the field when God came to him through the prophet Samuel and said and promised to him that he would be king. Uh, which is a lovely promise to have, uh, but with a difficulty, the difficulty being that uh, the nation of Israel already had a king at the time. And because of that uh, difficulty, there was a long period in David's life uh, when it looked like the promise that he would be king would not be fulfilled. Uh, But God kept his promise to David, and David was ultimately king. And this this passage that we just read is uh, one of the first things, um, it describes one of the first things that David did uh, after he became king, which was to bring the Ark of the Covenant uh, to Jerusalem, his seat of power. And the significance of this this Ark of the Covenant uh, in the context of promises is that this ark represents, in in many ways, God's promises to his people Israel. There's a clue in the name. Covenant, as you know, is a type of promise. It's a sort of deep promise. It's a promise about the way a relationship is going to be between two parties. So you might think of an international treaty, say, between two countries or two kings about how they're going to conduct relationships between themselves. And there are there there are mutual promises, so promises from both parties about how this relationship's going to be. Uh, and so sometimes people talk about a marriage covenant, and that's a good example of a covenant, because relational, the two people making promises to each other. And so the, this promise, that, you know, this covenant, these covenants of God, they're deep things. They're not like sort of marketing slogans that you just use to lure people in and you may or may not deliver. Um, and then the promise of God is not like a contract which sort of you have, to, you have to perform because you're bound by contract. It comes from the relationship. And it's this arc of the covenant which symbolizes God's promise with his people because it was, as you remember, the Ark of the Covenant where the Ten Commandments were placed and which was created after Moses had gone up the mountain and God had promised, covenanted with his people. I will be your God and you will be my people. And there's the relationship. So they bring it into Jerusalem, this big... uh, celebration, big party, Um, you will see uh, in verse 2 at the very top in little writing uh, that they are sacrificing as the ark is brought in Uh, and there is is sort of public celebration, there's free food and again you see at the top in verse 3 everybody gets a cake of raisins which is nice and probably welcome. But as this ark comes in, uh, they sing a song, uh, which just reflects back, just rem- remembers these promises of God. And you, you may have missed them, but they're in the middle of the song, um, about halfway down the page, if you look at verses 15 to 18. You see, God remembers his covenant forever, the covenant he made with Abraham The oath he swore to Isaac. And then in verse 18, there's the promise. To you, the nation of Israel, I will give the land of Canaan. So this is the promise that's being remembered in the song, the promised land. And as with David, so with the nation of Israel, there was a long period in their history when it wasn't very clear whether this promise of a land would be fulfilled. But, as with David, God kept his promise to the people of Israel, and they were in the land. And I suppose the question um, for us this morning is, what what should we do, or how should we respond, when we're sort of in that in-between stage? In between receiving the promise, and seeing its fulfillment. Uh, and ha, ha, what, kept David, say, what kept David's faith going through that period between being promised that he would be king and seeing the fulfillment of that um, in his own life? And, and I suppose one answer is in verse 12 of this passage, which is just above uh, the verses we we're looking at which is to look back, and you see verse 12 says, remember the wonders that he has done. And I imagine the, ch- the challenge is to look back at God's past history of fulfilling his promises and say, well, God kept his promise to the people of Israel, God kept his promise to David. He will keep his promises to me. Can I, can I give you an example from my own life? Um, G- Jesus said uh, that his gospel, his good news, would go from Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth and that all peoples, every nation, would, would come to know him. And I, this is something that I want to have faith for in my own life. I would love to see uh, my friends and family who don't yet know Jesus come into a relationship with him. Uh, but it sometimes can be pretty depressing and look very impossible. Uh, there was a time in my life, um, it was a while ago, no, over a decade, um, and I was talking with a friend uh, a lot about Jesus. And this guy, he had no church back, he'd not really uh, grown up with it at all, he'd never really belonged to church, apart from Christmas and Easter. Uh, and we were talking a lot, and he came along to church, and he didn't much enjoy it, and then that was sort of that, uh, and he didn't really pursue it very much. And then, one day, pretty much out of the blue, he called me up, came over, and he said to me, Daniel, I, I, I've been thinking about it, I really want to become a Christian. Which, which took me by a It was great news. I didn't really know what to do. We sort of prayed. He, he became a Christian. Christian. Um, it was very exciting. And then we, we together started praying for his brother. And he said, I remember him saying to me, it's just going to be really difficult for my brother to become a Christian. He's really not into this sort of stuff. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Uh, and we prayed. About four weeks later, his brother became a Christian. And again, <laughs> great... Not really much idea what to do, so you keep praying. And then, three weeks after that, the guy who did the newspaper rounds with his brother also became Christian. So we just didn't really know what to do, um, and it was really encouraging. Um, well, I, I sort of feel like I didn't really have faith for that at the time, but I, I should <laughs> certainly have faith for it now. Uh, but it's still a it's still a struggle. But looking back, sort of really helps build faith, to remember the wonders that God has done in that time of my life. And, and you know, it might, might not be the same for you, it might be something, you may not have uh, that sort of thing have happened to you, but, you know, amongst us there will be hundreds of stories of encouragement, of stories of God's faithfulness to us as a people that we can share with each other in different areas. Um, and remember together um, what he has done. Well, I wonder what what, um, what are the promises of God to us today? We are not promised a particular land. Um, I've not, I personally, not received any promises that I'll become king. Um, and I suppose that there are many i mean there are many promises you may you may feel like you have an in, there are individual things that you have been promised, but for all of us as Christians, there are promises many many promises in um god's word say a promise "I will never leave you or forsake you says says the lord or all who call on the name of the Lord be saved. Or, there's no temptation uh, too great that you can't stand up underneath it. The promises from God. And God, God keeps those promises. He kept His promise to the nation of Israel. He kept His promise to David. And there's sort of continuing theme in the Bible. In a way, the whole of the Bible is just the story of how God's people have been promised things by God. And in fact, after this, after this song, David says to the Lord, he says, I want to build you a temple. And God covenants with David and says, oh, well, you won't build me a temple, but your son, I promise you, your son will build a temple. And David never lived to see that promise, but it was kept. And there's this sort of continuing steadfastness of God, or enduring love. If you can look in verse 24, you'll see the the song says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. That sort of enduring faithfulness of God to keep his promise. And when they built, when Solomon, David's son, when he built the temple there's another song that they sing and it's taken from verse 24. Um, 34. 34. And they sing of the enduring love Um, because there's this theme of promises. And I suppose in that theme of the Bible, in the sort of history of promises that have been fulfilled, the central promise of God to his people is of a saviour or redeemer who will redeem his people and as we think of remembering the, the wonders of God the central wonder in the whole of those stories is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and so as we reflect on what the promises that God, that God has made to us is His people. You know, I never leave you or forsake you. I, um, all who call on the name of the Lord, be saved. As we think on those, um, for for us, uh, I suppose all of the promises of God are ultimately met in the person of Jesus Christ. Say, God the Father would never leave or forsake us because it was Jesus Christ who was ultimately forsaken. All who call on the name of the Lord be saved through the work of Jesus Christ. And Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians. He says, all of the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ. And so, All of the promises of God are met ultimately in this person Jesus Christ. So when we think, when we remember back on God's history of keeping promises to his people, I suppose the central, I mean we might have things from our lives that that we can think back on that will build faith. But the central thing that we might think back on is in how actually God kept his promise to um, all nations by sending a redeemer and then raising Jesus Christ from the dead. So we find ourselves in the in-between, and we're thinking back to that. I suppose just perhaps one final thought, um, which is that uh, this song is, uh, is not a sort of individual song. It was a good cast list of uh, harpists and uh, other people musical instrument players um who contributed to, to to the song and they sing it for the whole of israel uh, and say uh, we, we we you know we, we don't really sort of sing to each other it's not it's not uh, done uh sometimes people say you should shout about it but we don't really do that either but we certainly discuss it politely amongst ourselves um, and so, you know, I say to you, you know, oh, um, I'm just really struggling a bit. I finding it really difficult to have faith that God is going to work in the lives of my colleagues or my, my friends. And then you say to me, well, Danny, don't be ridiculous. Don't you remember what you're telling us about on Sunday, you know, about that, that time in your life when, you know, many people, you know, who you never thought would come to know Jesus came to know him. And what's more, what about this thing that happened in my life just the other week or whenever? And isn't that encouraging? And don't you also remember the time when God ultimately reconciled all peoples to himself through his son? And so it's uh, it's a joyous thing. It's it's sort of something to sing about in a way um, uh, that God is so faithful. He always keeps his promises to us. And when we find ourselves in that in-between... Wish we together just remember the wonders that uh, God has done. And we'll keep meeting these promises.